Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, I don't believe in timing markets or market timing. I'm just not that type of an investor. I'm a buy and hold and then go get the lifestyle kind of guy, which means I hold on to my real estate. I don't buy it, hold it, flip it. Uh, I'm not out there working my butt off, running companies to keep myself busy, to grind and grind and grind to make more and more and more money so I can have larger and larger and larger toys. My growth has all been just long-term, gradual growth that occurs from doing more real estate all the time. And having said that, today's conversation is going to be about market timing, which is kind of strange. But it's in a different manner. And that is, I've purchased two properties already this year. The market is back. It's back strong. It's getting stronger every day for buyers. The market has been a strong seller's market for the last five to ten years. What do I mean by that? Prices go up, 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 and up, and had continued to go up. And you say, well, why is that? Well, there's the inflation factor, obviously, but even more than that, there's more money chasing product than there is product out there. And so as people find that the other things that they want to invest in are getting destroyed because the government is creating new rules, new challenges, new beliefs as to what you can and can't do, major industries internationally, by the way, not just nationally, are finding that the things that they used to invest in aren't working. Then you've got your common person out there. If you think back 30, 40, 50 years ago, I'm almost 70 now, and you think back when I was younger, I mean, everybody was in the stock market. Everybody that had any money went to a financial planner. And basically, you blindly stuffed your 401k, stuffed the stock market or your financial planners, things that they gave you that they made commissions off of. And nobody really knew the difference. And nobody really knew that there was a few people that had figured out that if you get out there and do some real estate on your own, you can get rich. Now, there's really a lot more people that did it wrong, and that was the problem. And so because they did it wrong, there wasn't a lot of money to be made and a lot of work. And usually they tried to do all the work themselves and just, you know, turned real estate into a nightmare generally, in general. But in reality, there was a lot of people out there, even when they did it wrong, made tons of money with real estate. Because real estate has so many ways to make money. I mean, there's really five or six different ways that we teach you that you make money with real estate, whereas most investments, you just basically buy and hold and hope it goes up in value. All right. Now, I've been going over this for 30 years on the radio. I get that. What's different about today? Well, within 
all of that, there is an up and down ebb and flow of the real estate market itself. And when I first started, and you as a beginner, when you first start, you really don't even need to be aware of it because what you really should be doing is you should be out there buying distressed properties that can be renovated, single-family houses, duplexes, fourplexes, small apartments, buying those things, renovating them and bringing them back and making them double in value. The houses that we're out there buying right now, you know, are doing exactly the same thing they did when I started. I started buying houses at $25,000 apiece um, in a marketplace where they were really worth $50,000 apiece. You had to renovate them, get a tenant in them, hold on to them for a while, and then all of a sudden they're worth $50,000, $60,000 in no time at all. But that's no different than now. Now we're buying houses at $150,000. We're putting twenty-five thousand in them, and we're owning them for two hundred thousand. And you've made seventy, or you've made twenty-five thousand dollars, and you probably put out of your pocket to get that deal done about twenty-five thousand. So you made a hundred percent rate of return going into the deal. You captured a hundred percent rate of return up front in the deal, and then you're also capturing your cash flow, which is typically around five hundred bucks a month average on these things, on these houses. And uh, that's that's it. You got that money tax free if you did it correctly and used your your uh, depreciation correctly. And the houses appreciated, and your rents went up, and your costs went up, and they balanced each other out. And over a period of time, you made a lot of cash flow and a lot of appreciation. But you made that giant capital gain up front. Now on the small apartment deals. We'd buy these things, and somebody had held on to them and got tired of messing with them, and so they hadn't raised the rents. Typically, people hadn't raised rents for a year or two or three or four or five. I've seen, and I've seen rents that were $100, $200, $300 below market rent. And so we go in, and we put a little lipstick on that pig, they call it, or, you know, clean it up, paint it up, make it nice, and raise the rents. And some people followed the Lifestyles Unlimited model, which was best product, best price, and they went in and actually fixed everything along with putting the lipstick on the pig. And that was really our model that was different than everybody else's model is, hey, let's end up with a product you can hold on to. Now, to be able to hold on to it, it has to have everything fixed. If you're just going to flip it, you put lipstick on it, you paint it, you clean it, and you set it up, Phillips and raise a couple rents, tell everybody then, look, that's what the rent should be, and then you sell it to some other guy, and it's the greater fool theory. Somebody will take the project off your hands and pay you money to take your project on. Whereas my theory was, let's finish the project, make it worth more. Obviously, we could sell, but instead, refinance the money back out of the deal and have our money back, but keep the deal so that we have the cash flow from the property. That's a unique proposal. Uh, it didn't really come around until Lifestyles. Now, what happened here at Lifestyles is that we started teaching so many people. We have like 50,000 clients around the country. And then those clients talk to their friends, and their friends talk to other friends. And then pretty soon, people out there started going, you know what? I don't even need education. I can just do this, this syndication thing. And we started having people get together in groups and buy real estate, and they called it a syndication. 
And then it got to be known. And you can believe whatever you want to believe, but the bottom line was is that 30 years ago, they were not doing syndications like they're doing now. Now there's just tons of people out there that have no idea what they're doing, and they're out there syndicating. And really, they have no business being out there syndicating. I actually heard a guy uh, do an advertisement the other day, and the advertisement was something like, look, you don't even need to know how to do this stuff. You don't have to know anything about real estate. That was actually the quote. You just need to know how to syndicate. And so they're teaching syndication and not real estate investing. So what happens? Well, they continue to be able to tell people that these things are worth more if you just put a little more money into it, a little more lipstick on the pig, raise the rents a little higher. And because there's so much money chasing so little real estate, what's happening is the prices just kept going up. And I mean forever up, five, ten years in a row now, it's been a seller's market. And now we're sitting there where people have paid way too much. You used to only have to put 10% down on real estate. Then you had to put 20% down. Then you had to put 30% down. Then you had to put 40% down. And in some cases now, they're making you put 50% down. Now, what does that mean? What that means is the bank used to believe that a piece of real estate was worth X, And they felt it was safe for them to lend up to 80% of X and maybe even 90% of X. But let's just take 80 because that's historically the number. They were willing to lend 80% of X. Now they're saying to you, Mr. Buyer, I know you don't realize this, but you're dumb as a rock. And you're paying so much more than what this property is worth that we're only going to lend you 70% of X because that's really 80% of the number it's really worth. But buyers were too dumb to see that. And they just kept buying. And then it went from 70% or 30% down on a 70% loan. They said, you know what? We can't even get to the 70% anymore. We can only lend you 65, 68%. And then it got down to where they'd only loan you 60%. I saw a deal the other day. They were only willing to lend 52%. Now, what does that say? That says that the price is too high. The bankers know the price is too high. They're not going to get themselves in upside down on the deal, but they're sure as heck going to let you get yourself in upside down on the deal. So this went on and went on until, boom, it all blows up. I remember when I was a kid, there was a game called Musical Chairs where you'd run around the outside of the chairs and the music would stop and everybody sit down. One guy didn't have a chair, and that guy blew up. The whole deal blew up on him. He was out. Another game where there was a, a black, looked like dynamite bomb, with a red top, and you'd twist it, and you'd throw it around the circle, and it ticked. It was a ticking time bomb. It would go off, and whoever was holding on to it, boom, you're out of the game. It was like musical chairs. You got out, and they did it again. They kept doing it until there was only one left. Well, that's the way this game really works, is that ticking time bomb for all these people that paid too much keeps going and going, and you figure, I'll just tell it to the next greater fool theory guy. Remember, the greater fool theory, there's got to be somebody dumber than me. There's got to be somebody dumber than me that's willing to pay more that more than what they should pay that's the greater fool theory about life and everybody believes they're the smartest guy and if not the smartest at least not the dumbest guy there's got to be somebody dumber than me right and so on goes the game until all of a sudden one day inflation is out of control and the fed says we got to stop the game boom the bomb goes off interest rates start going up and now what happens is those deals won't underwrite. And so even the prices that people just paid won't work. And let's throw on top of that 
that real estate has become so expensive that the property taxes are starting to catch up to it. I saw a deal the other day where it was 40, they wanted 43 million for it. The property taxes were sitting at a value, assessed value of 24 million. It went up to 39 million. They fought it back down where they turned it over to somebody to fight the taxes down. They got it back down to 28 million. And they were happy because it was only 28 million because they're trying to sell it for 43. But if somebody buys it for 43, what they don't understand is there's now a comp. The comp is 43. Who is the comp? Well, it's a perfect comp. It's you. And by the way, if you don't know what comp means, comparable sale. So there's a comparable sale says it's worth 43. Well, is that exactly your property? It's exactly your property. It's a perfect comp. And now the taxing authority is going to try to take it up to 43 million. And your taxes are going to double from 23 million. And here's where this whole thing rubs is that people that are buyers are seeing the interest rates go up. They're seeing the taxes go up. And by the way, at the same time, insurance rates happen to be doubling. Why? Because there's been massive number of hurricanes and tornadoes. So now your in, now your insurance rates go up. So you're sitting there as a seller and you've got $700 a door insurance. And now the marketplace is $1,500 a door. You're sitting there and you've got property taxes you paid last year on $24 million assessed value. It's going up to $28 million, we know already, but... The next year, it might go all the way up to $43 million. So buyers have to take these things into account. And they do, and they realize that the, these deals don't work at what the sellers want. So over the last six months to a year, you've got an impasse. You've got sellers that do not see that the base cost of operating real estate is too high and that the interest rates and the loan arrangements they're willing to allow don't make sense. So they still want to sell at the price they paid or at the profit mark they thought they'd get out at. Buyers, on the other hand, are hamstrung by what the banks are willing to let them do. And or as a syndicator, what you can sell to a group of people out there. So when you look at this situation, there's been very few deals done in the last 12 months. The brokerage firms are feeling it, so they've got to lie about it. The mortgage companies are feeling it, so they've got to lie about it. Now, when I say lie, it's just they won't bring it up. They won't talk about it. Now, you say, well, Dell, why are you telling us? It all sounds like real estate doesn't work. You're right. It doesn't work at the seller's price. So what has to happen? Well, what has to happen is the buyer has to feel, the seller has to feel the pain. And so the seller has to wait until their insurance runs out in a year and they have to buy new insurance at the higher rate. They have to wait until the taxing authority bumps their taxes up. And then they realize that's going up and they have to run their loan into the end of their loan and find out now they've got to go work with these ridiculous financing situations. And then boom, all of a sudden their eyes open. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley radio show. Teaching you 
with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. I was at a seminar one time and a guy was sitting up there and he was saying, what you really need is you need the young, aggressive entrepreneur people to go out there and take that money and invest it with them. I walked up to the front of the stage and I said, hey, I'm that guy you're talking about that should be mentoring these people on how to do this. The guy goes, sir, we don't allow solicitation. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm here to tell you I'm exactly the guy you were telling them to look for. And I'm willing to help them for nothing. And the guy goes, if you don't stop soliciting, I'm going to have to have the security come and get you. And I said, I can see you're a scam. I'll just leave. Everything I said had gone through the intercom. So I walked out of the seminar room and 200 people followed me. And that's how Lifestyles are started. Are you ready to get up and follow Dale? Join us today at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. We're talking about today how the marketplace is changing and becoming more beneficial for the buyers. So as we left the last segment, we were talking about how sellers uh, are still in the I don't see it happening yet mode. I still want the price I want mode. And buyers are in the, oh, my God, I can't even buy this and make sense of it anymore mode. Well, what I see happening right now is that it's starting to change. I was talking with a group of people the other night, and um, you have to understand I own real estate brokerage firms all over the country. So I have insight. We have meetings, we talk about it, what's happening, but I also have the personal effect of what I'm finding that's occurring. So you have to realize there are going to be properties where the sellers are going to, their loan is going to run out and they can't replicate the loan they have and they've got to sell. And since they can't get another loan uh, because they, they don't have enough equity in the deal, they're going to have to bring money to the deal. The interest rate's going to be higher. There's going to be no cash flow. The debt coverage ratio isn't going to make it, so they may not even be able to get the loan. They're going to have higher insurance and higher taxes coming at them from all directions. And pretty soon, sellers are going to start to break and sell at whatever the market really should be for these properties. So it's happening. And I went to, like I said, a, was out with a couple of people the other night. We were discussing it, and they're starting to see it too. Deals are breaking out all around us now where you're able to buy these. Now, what are the first ones that are going to break out? It's going to be the bad properties. Because people who paid way too much for bad properties because it was the cheapest thing on the market, it's the only thing they could really afford to buy, they bought the garbage on the market. And the garbage on the market's going to fall out first. And... I've lived in that market before. I'm too old right now because my supervisor runs my properties as my wife. And But I'll find somebody out there that does, and I'll let them be my operational partner. And I'll go back and buy that because you can make a ton of money with your Class C properties when they sell for the right price. And those are the first ones that are going to fall out. Why? 
because they can't get insurance because insurance companies don't like to insure companies with bad tenants because the likelihood of a purple Martian burning your place down is much higher than a Class A tenant burning your place down. You have no sprinkler system in a Class C property. You have sprinkler systems in a Class A property. I can go on, you know, just everything about it. You have a, a better electrical system. It's on and on. But the bottom line is insurance is much higher for a Class C and or purple Martian property. And so those people are going to get whacked first, and they're going to get whacked deepest because banks don't want to mess with that stuff. So what will happen? The prices will have to go low enough that a bank's willing to lend on it. And you've got to take the risk way out of that deal for the bank to want to get involved with that older stuff. Same thing with insurance companies. They're not going to want to get in there unless they can insure for a lower price. Etc. Etc. So it's happening, and that's the point you need to understand right now. You, right this minute, better be educated on how this stuff is working. If you've ever thought about joining Lifestyles, absolutely right now is the time to do it. Get in here, get educated, get on the sideline, get your money prepped, get your yourself prepped and ready to grab one of these. Because when they fall out, they fall out. They're, boom, they're there. It's not like this all just gradually changes. That's not what's going to happen. The people that own real estate like I do that have the good properties, we're going to hold on. We're just going to keep the stuff we have. We love it. We'll keep it, and we'll make money with it. It's the speculator people that are going to get whacked. And if you're not there, armed and ready to attack that situation, then you're going to miss out on these situations. So there's an old joke that goes something like this. It's when's the best time to buy real estate? And that's 20 years ago. Yeah, 2008 crash would have been a great time. Uh, I started in uh, the 86, 87 crash. That's a great time. Uh, what's the second best time to buy real estate? Right now. Because it's starting to happen again. The prices are coming down. And there's going to be some type of a crunch at the bottom where some of these deals just can't float and people are going to have to let them go. And you got to be there standing there with your net out, ready to grab them, with your financing in pocket, with your money uh, in pocket. You know, the cash you need for your down payments need to be arranged and ready to go so you can jump on them because they're not going to sit there for long. Now, who's going to try to stop you from accomplishing this? Well, the sellers obviously don't want to see this happen. and But more importantly, the brokers. So the real estate brokers are the ones that are getting killed right now, especially the selling brokers. Now, all my real estate brokerage firms are buyers brokers firms. We're out there. Well, we do sell stuff, but primarily we work with buyers. So we're happy to see the prices come down. But most selling brokers, the volume has gone down. And they're mad. I mean, you talk to these guys, and they're always like, da, 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 da. I've never met a, a real estate salesman that didn't wear nice clothes, a big smile, a great handshake, you know, drive a nice car. Uh, you got to have that image. I mean, if you watch any of these real estate salespeople in California on these TV shows and stuff, they're all like pretty people. Hey, those people are suffering right now. The smile is cracked off their face. They're continuing to try to smile. But if you actually know these people, which I do, and you get them behind the scenes, or you get them out at a party or out to have a few drinks or dinner, they, man, they are crying. It is killing them. So what are they doing? Well, they're beating on the sellers as much as they possibly can, but they can't beat them too hard because they can't get the listings if they beat up the sellers. So they have to be nice to the sellers and let them kind of play their game. But, man, they are upset when the buyer's, you know, just won't come around. 
and they have to go back to the cells. Go, it's just not going to happen anymore. And so they're really upset right now. But the one thing that they're not as is as arrogant as they were over the last two to five years, uh, two years back to five years back. These guys were so arrogant. It's like, you know, like, look, if you don't want to pay 30, 40 percent more than what it's really worth, then don't even bother me. I mean, just go away. They're just going to let the market bid everything up to the absolute highest possible. Then they're going to get the last couple of guys into a best and final and bid them back and forth against each other some more and just get a ridiculous price for this stuff. That stuff is gone. These brokers are mad. So don't expect these brokers to admit to you very openly that these deals are going to go down in price. Now, I will tell you. When I deal with people, because they know who I am, they know I own real estate companies, and they know I know the truth, what's going on, they admit to me, hey, you know, this is going to probably sell for this. It's just it's going down to this. Um, the seller won't admit that he'll go down to that, but that's probably where it's going to trade. That's where we're expecting it to sell at. And uh, But, you know, being at least at that number, and then we'll see where it goes from there type of deal. And like I said, I did that on my last deal, and I really wanted to be in it. And I wrote it right to the last day that the seller was going to make a decision if he was going to sell or not. And I wrote it right to the last day. And, you know, the message was, what do you mean you won't come up to their price? I thought you wrote it to the last day like you'd break. And I didn't break. So that's what happens. And now they're mad. And they're going to be mad. Do you understand? They're going to be mad because they're working and working and working to try to make these sales, and the sales are falling through. Even deals that are getting into contract are falling through after the contract because they don't underwrite when you bring them to the bank. And people have to bring more and more and more capital to the table to make these things close. So there you have it. And by the way, before we leave, I want to say I'm sorry to the four different people I promised I would get to their emails today. I thought I'd have enough time, but this topic is just larger than I thought it was. Uh, and I will come back tomorrow, I promise you, and answer your emails and go to the mailbag and, and give you the answers to your questions because they're all good questions. And so I will capture those for you tomorrow. But today we've got to end up and spend this last one minute here reiterating. These prices are coming down. You need to be there and ready to buy, and you need to not let the brokers scare you, manipulate you, cajole you, push you around into paying too much. If you're a passive, you need to look at the deal and make sure that the syndicator that put the deal together bought a deal that makes sense. You really need to, for the first time, look at the deals to make sure that they're quality deals, that the syndicator isn't just putting something together they can barely squeeze through so they can make some more fees. And that's what syndicators are living for. They're not living for the real estate deal. They're living for the fees. The money, the profit they make off the deal, that's just bonus to them. They're making money off the fees. So if they can get something closed and it doesn't look like it's going to make a good profit to their passives, Eh, they're not as happy about it, but they'll still do the deal because they want the fees. So now, passives, we're going to get with you and start working on how to understand more carefully whether or not these deals make sense. So you look at the deal and not just the lead, where in the past many people said the lead was more important than the deal. Keeping all that in mind, remember this. We're not doing this just for some money. We're doing this for a quality lifestyle. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.
for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.